After a rough start to the weekend for the Atlanta Braves, including some bad news on Spencer Strider, they bounce back. The offense finally gets going, and they split a four-game series on the road against the Philadelphia Phillies, getting themselves right back in contention in the NL East. We'll talk about all that, including the starting pitching update with Spencer Strider down for the rest of the regular season. We'll talk about that offense that finally got going and the return of Ronald Acuna Jr., and we'll discuss the weekly minor league update and not many games left at AAA for the Gwinnett Stripers. We'll get into all of that on a busy Monday episode of Lockdown Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Lockdown Braves, part of Lockdown Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Check out my bio there to see where I'm covering the game of baseball, including the Atlanta Braves in written form over at tomahawktake.com, where I am the co-editor. Also, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast also, make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. And if you are on YouTube, do me a favor, hit that thumbs up button in that notification bell as it helps support the show a ton whenever you do that. And thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of each and every day. We post episodes daily, five days a week, Monday through Friday, and are free and available on all platforms. And as we gear up for this postseason run, the Braves are getting ready for Make sure that you are subscribed and that you are locked in to Lockdown Braves. We got a lot to get to on this Monday episode. Going to recap the weekend. I primarily want to focus on the starting pitching after the news of Spencer Strider. And honestly, the Braves starting pitching worrying me a little bit here down the stretch. Maybe some fatigue involved. We'll get into all of that. Then we'll turn our attention to the offense, who has had a really rough stretch of things lately, but got going on Saturday and Sunday in Philadelphia. Hopefully that's a good sign of things to come so we'll cover that i'll give you my weekly minor league update which right now just consists of triple a and then we will set you up for monday night's game as the braves head to dc to take on the washington nationals in games that they have to win these are games they have to take advantage of right now in their schedule but let's begin with the weekend where the braves split a four-game series against the philadelphia phillies after losing the first two games, they bounce back and win the next two, do so in dramatic fashion on Sunday and extra innings after a two-hour-plus rain delay. I thought that was a very resilient game by the Atlanta Braves to come back and win that game. Had to come back multiple times in that game after taking an early lead, a rough start by Charlie Morton that we'll get into. But, you know, overall on the weekend, you go on the road, in Philadelphia, a Phillies team that's fighting for a postseason spot, you lose the first two, you come back, win the next two. Again, I think that shows some resiliency by this Braves team uh, to pick themselves up off the mat, come back, split that four-game series. So not what we wanted. Obviously, you want to win that series. Every game right now, as you know, is is crucial for this Atlanta Braves team. But still, to be able to come back the way they did after losing those first two games, one, a narrow one nothing win when you got your ace or one nothing loss when you got your ace on the mound. And then honestly, just getting blown out on Friday night 
come back, you get a solid win on Saturday, and then a, a great win on Sunday in extra innings. Got to feel a little bit better about the Braves going forward. But I want to focus on the starting pitching here in this first segment because there was some unfortunate news on Saturday morning. The Braves found out that the oblique injury for Spencer Strider is a bit more significant than we originally thought, and he is now on the I.L., and will be shut down for the remainder of the regular season. And important to note, we're talking about the regular season. There are still very much hopes that he will be back for the postseason, whether it be that wild card round or if the Braves advance or if they win the division and start in the division series. Whatever the case may be, the Braves are still hoping that Spencer Strider will be a part of their postseason plans, and so am I, because as I've been saying for I think over a month now, Spencer Strider is your number two in a postseason rotation. He is the Braves' second best starting pitcher right now. Not only that, it's the way that he's pitching that gives you confidence that he can succeed in the postseason. I just want to see this guy in the postseason. He just has kind of that you know, mentality of I will break you type of mentality, and I certainly want to see that in a postseason setting where I think his stuff will play up. So, for me, I just really want to see Spencer Strider get healthy. I want to see him available to go for the postseason. You hate he's not going to be here for this stretch run where, again, the Braves are still trying to win a division title. And having Spencer Strider, particularly for the Mets series coming up this weekend, was going to be huge. But that will not be the case now. They'll have to get it done without him. And, you know, while I, I do think he's the Braves' second best starter and you need him in the postseason – I do think the Braves can get by without him, but they need some other guys to step up, in particular Kyle Wright and Charlie Morton. Kyle Wright did his job on Saturday, a very strong performance. Charlie Morton, not so much on Sunday. And again, you look at the starting pitching for the Braves, Jake Odorizzi, bad on Friday. If it weren't for the Strider injury, I think that would have been the last we saw of Jake Odorizzi. But right now he's scheduled to start on Wednesday in Washington. We'll see. If that remains or if they call up, you know, Kyle Muller, somebody else to get that start. But I've seen enough of Jake Odorizzi at this point. And I've I've been in his corner a little bit, you know, saying that I've seen some changes in him after that one Met start and he had a couple of good starts in a row. But as I've been saying, even when I've been somewhat defending him, the margin of error for him is just so small. If he's not able to locate his pitches, he's going to get hit hard. So I've seen enough of Odorizzi in the rotation at this point. I think, again, we're at least going to see him get one more start, but it was a bad outing for him on Friday and a bad outing for Charlie Morton on Sunday. We've been hoping it for a while, and we've seen it in spurts throughout the year, but, again, the the, the key word for Charlie Morton this year is just inconsistency. We have yet to see Charlie Moore and put together great, you know, back-to-back starts or two or three really good starts in a row, you know, for a lot this season, it's been one step forward, one step back for Charlie Morton, one step forward, two steps back, especially here in September. It's been a really bad go of things for Charlie Morton. So Braves need him to get on track again, especially with the Strider news. Braves need him to be that guy and hopefully he'll turn it on in the postseason where he has some great success. And again, the strikeout, Stuff that he has will play up. You know, he got over 200 strikeouts on the year as well. Uh, So he and Spencer Strider both reached that mark for the Braves. So, again, he has that dominating potential, that dominant type stuff. It's just 
the inconsistency on his pitches when he's not able to locate, he's leaving pitches up and they're getting hit hard. And it's just been that type of year, unfortunately, for Charlie Morton, but the Braves need him to step up in this rotation. <clears throat> the other thing for this Braves rotation is they're just not going deep into games right now like we're used to seeing. They haven't had somebody go six innings in a game since September 19th. So in the last six games, the Braves have not had a starting pitcher complete six innings. And in only eight of 22 games in the month of September has a Brave starter gone at least six innings. And only twice has a Brave starter recorded an out beyond the sixth inning. That's just not typical of what we've seen from this Brave starting rotation throughout the entire year. Usually this Braves rotation, which is still has the six most innings by starting pitchers this year, just behind the New York Mets, which is really good. You know, we're typically seeing Brave starters go at least six innings in a game, if not working into the seventh. And we're just not seeing that on a consistent basis anymore from these Braves starters. Whatever the reasoning for that, if the Braves are trying to save innings or if there's just possible fatigue, I think we've seen with, you know, Wright, obviously Morton, but even, you know, Max Freed, it's been a struggle for these guys when they go out there. It's They've had to battle to get through these starts. So that worries me a little bit about these Braves arms who, again, pitched deep into the postseason last year, have had a lot of stressful innings this year in this division race. You wonder if there's a little bit of fatigue for them at this point. And it's at the worst possible time because we're still trying to win this division and you need them fresh for the postseason. So it's not like you can skip these guys and try to keep them fresh. You need them ready to go for the postseason. So starting pitching has me a little bit worried with the loss of Strider, Charlie Morton not really figuring it out, and the fact that Brave starters aren't able to go deep into games like we've seen them do throughout the year. On the bright side, Braves bullpen in September has been fantastic. I know Jansen you know, had his struggles early on. He's really turned it around. Iglesias, Jansen, and Minter all have a whip under one in September. They all have an ERA under three in September. So those are your big three guys in the back of the bullpen. They've been fantastic. Jansen really turning things around, going back primarily to throwing that cutter and having good location with it. Jesse Chavez, Colin McHugh, Dylan Lee, they've all been solid in September as well. The uh, Jackson Stevens, since coming back, hasn't allowed an earned run, and he came up real big in the game on Sunday, closing things out in extra innings. The only reliever that's really you know hit a roadblock here in September is Tyler Matzik, which is unfortunate because – he had been on a really good run of things since he came back from the IL, but been a rough go of it for him in September. But everybody else in that bullpen has been really solid, and they've had to work a lot more innings because starters aren't going deep into games. So that's certainly great to see because when you get in the postseason, you're not likely going to have starters that are going deep into ball games. You're going to go to that bullpen early, especially if you got a lead, try to hold on to things. So good to see that the arms the Braves are bringing in out of that bullpen are throwing the ball really well right now. Hopefully that will continue. So again, a little bit worried about the starting pitching. Bullpen's been great. Hopefully Strider's able to come back from the postseason. Hopefully Charlie Morton's able to turn things around. And on the flip side, the offense is getting going a little bit in the last two games. We'll talk about that next. 
These days, every new every new hire can feel like high stakes wagers from your small business. You want to be 100% certain you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs is, has, is there to help you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And then add your job your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. It had been a rough stretch for the Braves offense here recently, really for about a 12-game stretch. The Braves offense just didn't look like the Braves offense we're used to seeing, and that's really why the Braves lost the first two games of the series. Well, pitching was a big reason why they lost on Friday, but especially in the Thursday game, losing one to nothing. Offense just not getting going. Didn't score in this series until the seventh inning on Friday night. But they got going on Saturday and Sunday. Scored six runs on Saturday, eight runs on Sunday. Needed all eight of those runs. And leading the charge is Dansby Swanson, who has been at the top of the lineup batting leadoff with Ronald out, which we'll talk about in a second. Dansby went two for five on Saturday, had an RBI, and then on Sunday was three for six with a run. Three runs batted in, had a big home run in the fourth inning, a two-run homer to center field that put the Braves back in front in that game and what was a back-and-forth affair early on before the rain delay. And then also Michael Harris the second. Look, I still wish they would split the rookie of the year, but he's certainly strengthening his case down the stretch here with Spencer Strider out for the rest of the season. Harris was three for four on on Saturday with a run and two runs batted in. On Sunday, moved him up to the two-hole, which I like. I wouldn't even mind if you put him in the leadoff spot, but moved him up to the two-hole, and he delivers as well. Was one for four with a, a run, an RBI, two walks as well, and then had a big hit in the 11th inning to drive in an add-on run, which ended up being the game-winning run. So, He continues to come up big late in games, continues to get it done no matter where you put him in the lineup. Again, it's truly incredible. I don't know how you pick between Michael Harris and Spencer Strider for Rookie of the Year. I wish you didn't have to. I wish you could give it to both of them, but certainly Michael Harris making a strong case and continuing to boost that resume here over the last couple of weeks. Still waiting for Riley and Olsen to get going, and – you got to have those guys going if this offense is going to become that potent offense that they've been for most of the year. Riley did have three hits on Thursday in a loss. He had two hits on Friday in a loss. But in the last two games of the series, he goes one for 11 with five strikeouts. And in September, he's still slashing 224, 302, 424. Again, not as bad as Matt Olson, which we'll talk about next, but still not that MVP candidate, Austin Riley, that we've been accustomed to seeing for most of the year. So still waiting on him to really get going and having a big impact in some games for the Braves. Olsen did get a day off on Saturday. A lot of you have been asking for that. So he got an off day on Saturday, did come in defensively, because as you may have seen on Saturday, 
rough go of things a little bit for Austin Riley at first base that just didn't look comfortable, whether it was trying to turn a double play, fielding an easy ground ball that should have been an easy out that led to a run. Um, so, again, I don't think Matt Olson has been the gold glover over there that we all were expecting, but you certainly see there's a bit of a drop-off defensively at first base when Matt Olson is not over there. Uh, so he did enter that game late for defensive purposes, but didn't get in at bat on Saturday. He went just one for four on Sunday, three more strikeouts. He was two for 13 in the series with six strikeouts, had two three-strikeout games. He's slashing just 117, 209, 182 in the month of September. So we'll see if that mental day off for Matt Olson pays off in the end if he gets things going again. I don't see what a day off at this point really does in the season the guy just has to work through it he's going to have to figure it out and the braves need him to figure it out we'll see what snicker continues to do with him in the lineup he continues to bat him down you know fifth sixth in the order kind of take some pressure off of him see if that can get him going but still waiting really on riley and olsen uh to get going down the stretch here and then i mentioned ronald Acuna jr didn't start all weekend but did come into the game on sunday late and had a huge impact as you might expect from one of the best players in the league came in in a pinch hit situation earlier in the game and drew an intentional walk to load the bases which set up a wild pitch that tied the game so you see his impact there and then later in the game the 11th inning on an 0-2 pitch he shoots the ball up the middle to drive in the go-ahead run in the 11th inning so again doesn't start all weekend, comes in, has an immediate impact at the plate. But for me, it's defensively where you see a big loss with Ronald Acuna Jr. not out there. And this is no knock on Robbie Grossman. This is not his game. But there were several balls in this series hit out to right field where you saw runners tag up, whether tagging up to go from second to third or third to home, where I don't know that Ronald throws those guys out, but it's definitely a better chance of him doing so. And I think there's even some instances where runners probably don't even risk it against Ronald Acuna Jr.'s arm. So that's where I saw a big difference in this weekend where balls hit to right field, runners were going, where in the last couple of weeks we've even seen with Ronald out there, you're seeing runners hold up. There's a situation uh, on Sunday where you had second and third, nobody out. Runner tags up and scores. And he probably would have scored anyway, but it was the runner going from second to third. With I don't even know if they test that if Acuna is out there in right field. And at the very least, I think Acuna has a good shot at getting the runner at third. There's another situation. Runner tags up and scores from third base. And Grossman made it a, a close play at the plate. The throw was a little offline. I think the ball beat the runner there, but it was a little offline. Again, if Acuna is out there, a much better chance of throwing that runner out. So, Yes, I want Ronald back because I want his bat in the lineup and his speed at the top of the order. But for me, it's also just defensively what he brings in terms of his speed and range, but the arm that he shows that he has that can just completely shut down base runners from even attempting to take an extra base on a ball hit to right field. That to me is where I saw a huge difference over the weekend without Acuna out there. Now, it is certainly great that he did enter that game and that he stayed in the game defensively. I think that bodes well for him going forward. We'll see what happens on Monday if the Braves put him back out there or they have him in DA at the DH spot. I'm sure they're trying to be cautious with him because just like with Strider, you want Acuna ready for the postseason. You want him fresh. 
You want him playing at 100% in the postseason. And hopefully that's what these days off will lead to. We saw what happened when he was in that DH spot for a while. And then you put him back out in right field and the impact he was having there defensively and really was starting to get going with the bat, showing that MVP type potential that he has. So hopefully we get that from Ronald Acuna Jr. when he is ready to come back and hopefully he can remain healthy for the rest of the regular season and the postseason because the Braves certainly need the bat. They need his arm. They need his defense out there every day patrolling right field for the Atlanta Braves. All right, next we'll turn our attention to the weekly minor league update and just a few more games left at AAA for the Gwinnett Stripers, and then we'll set you up for Monday's game where Bryce Elder looking to make another big start for the Atlanta Braves here down the stretch. The minor league season is coming to an end, and we just have four games left at the minor league level for the Gwinnett Stripers before their season comes to an end. Uh, I want to talk about a couple of the top 10 prospects that played this last week for Gwinnett. Kyle Moeller, six innings, eight hits, two walks, a hit batter, five earned, two home runs, nine strikeouts, which is great to see. But it's been a rough go of things for Kyle Moeller, which is why I think we haven't seen him back up here for the Braves. 16 innings in September. He's given up 22 hits, five walks, 12 earned runs, a, six, a 675 ERA, and a 169 whip. So, been really a rough, rough go of it in September for Kyle Moeller. We'll see what happens down the stretch. Maybe he gets a start in that last series against the Marlins, depending on how things go in that Mets series. Um, but overall, it's been a great year for Kyle Moeller. And again, we'll see what happens with him down the stretch. Jared Schuster had his best start at AAA this past week. Seven innings, just two hits, one walk, two earned runs, and 10 strikeouts have been mentioning the fact that he hasn't been racking up the strikeouts at AAA like he has at other levels. So good to see him have a great start, perhaps to finish off his season. We'll see if he gets another start this week at Gwinnett. And then Darius Vine, six innings, five hits, four walks. Don't love to see that. Three earned runs and seven strikeouts for Darius Vines. Freddie Tarnick had a, a solid start, five innings, three hits, two walks, one earned, and six strikeouts. And then Justin Henry Malloy at AAA now. Four for 15, hit a home run in his first AAA at bat, which is great to see. Five walks as well. He's continuing to show that patience at the plate that we saw over the last couple of months with Mississippi. Four strikeouts and a stolen base. So uh, a pretty good week for Justin Henry Malloy moving up to AAA. Some highlights for Gwinnett. Jake Marisnik, a big week, nine for 27, a double, a homer, four stolen bases. If something were to happen to Michael Harris, he may be the guy that gets called up, but let's hope that's not the case. Tyler White, White eight for 18 with a double. Pat Valleca, seven for 19. Hernan Perez had two doubles and a home run this past week at Gwinnett. On the mound, Dylan Dodd moves up to AAA and has a solid outing. Six and two-thirds innings, five hits, one walk, three earned and seven strikeouts for Dylan Dodd, who had a solid year at Mississippi, moves up, had a good first start with Gwinnett. And then Gwinnett's closer, Michael Tonkin, who's had a good year. I mentioned him as a possible outside candidate for the postseason roster, a veteran pitcher, two innings this last week, one hit, did hit a batter, but didn't walk anybody, and six strikeouts in those two innings with two saves. So it's been a pretty solid year, or at least second half for Michael Tonkin with Gwinnett. We'll see what his future holds for the Braves. All right, that wraps up the weekly minor league update. We'll turn our attention to Monday's game where the Atlanta Braves take on the Washington 
Nationals in D.C. Braves going to be visiting the White House as well while they're there. But on Monday night, it'll be Corey Abbott versus Bryce Elder. The Braves just faced Abbott not too long ago. Again, a second-round pick by the Chicago Cubs in 2017 has been back and forth as a starter and reliever this year. So probably not sticking around long in this game against the Braves last week. Four innings, six hits, two walks, four on run, no strikeouts. So love to see that uh, with the Braves facing a guy they don't strike out against. They had 17 strikeouts on Sunday. So hopefully they can get to Corey Abbott again, knock him out of this game early and put up a crooked number. As for Bryce Elder, I mean, keep doing what you've been doing, young man. I mean, he has been great for this Braves team down the stretch. He pitched against the Nats last week, five and two-thirds, four hits, two walks, just one earned run and six strikeouts. In his last three starts, which have come against the Marlins twice and the Nationals, and that's by intention, 18 and two-thirds innings, just nine hits allowed. He has walked seven batters, but just two earned runs and 22 strikeouts. So, again, and I always, I've said this always with Bryce Elder, the stuff is there. His pitches, he has four pitches that move all over the place, which is why he's so hard to hit. But got to be able to command those pitches, try to limit those walks a little bit. But just need a solid start out of Bryce Elder. Hopefully the offense gets going. Again, you can't be looking ahead to that Mets series. You have to win all three of these games. Honestly, going forward, the Braves can maybe afford to lose one, two games at most. And I honestly think they have to sweep that Met series if they're going to win this division. So we've been talking about it. The margin for error is very thin right now. The Braves, honestly, like I said, can maybe at most lose two games the rest of the way. And that, to me, that even to me doesn't give me a lot of confidence or hope for the Braves winning the division. And I think they got to sweep that Met series. So you got to take care of business, especially against the Nationals and the Marlins. You got to win all six of those games win that series against the Mets at the very least and hope that the Mets slip up in their other games. But you can't count on that. You just got to take care of your own business. That starts on Monday night where the Braves go up against Corey Abbott. Hopefully the offense keeps rolling like they did in the last two games in Philadelphia. Mets are off on Monday night, so you got a chance to pick up a half game and move back to just one game back in the NL East. So, Big game for the Atlanta Braves, as all of, they, all of them are down the stretch here. Hopefully get a good performance from Bryce Selder. And again, the biggest thing for me, hopefully that offense continues to score, put this game away early, take the pressure off the Braves pitching staff, and get a stress-free win on Monday night and, and gain a half game on the New York Mets. That will do it for this episode. Thank you for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of the day. Now go make Lockdown MLB your second listen, where MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and a unique perspective on every team talking about the biggest stories from around the league. Again, thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. You can follow me at shortstopball. Also, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast, and we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias, DC Lundberg, Ryan Finkelstein, Taylor Blake Ward, host of Locked On Yankees, Locked On Mariners, Locked On Mets, Locked On Angels, and you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 